Hey, Stalker. We're back with an all-new episode of Morbidly Captivating. This is a bit of a long case, so we're going to jump right in. I'm Andrea. I'm Cassie, and this is the story of the Ant Hill Kids cult. good cult story and this is one that I feel doesn't get a whole lot of attention definitely not as much as say the Manson family but it's equally bizarre maybe more so Rock Terriol and I'm sorry if I pronounce that wrong Canadians don't come for me I listened to (laughs) the pronunciation in many different places and every one of them said it differently so I'm going with Terriol but I'm just going to call him Rock because that's much easier. Um, Rock was the horrendous Canadian cult leader of a group called the Ant Hill Kids. And I'll get into why they're called that later, but let me just start out by saying Rock definitely looks like a cult leader. He kind of reminds me of Reverend Wayne on the show Un- Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt on Netflix. I don't know if you've ever watched that. No, I've never seen it. I know, I'm out of touch. What can I say? I oh. mean... It's, I watched it like two years ago, but he's got like the beard going on and that whole uh, typical cult leader looking vibe. Well, I have this image in my head of the the hippie with the crazy hair, the super long scruffy beard, dirty white robe, living in a tent in the woods. Yeah, that's about (laughs) it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. in the French-Canadian area of Sanguinet, Quebec, and was raised in a a place called the Thetford Mines. Fun fact about the Thetford Mines, it's one of the world's largest asbestos-producing regions. I just assume that everyone there has mesothelioma, and it's a very depressing town. Maybe it's great. I look cute. It looked cute on Google. But yeah, I think the same thing. Check it out. Go there. Don't breathe too deep. Or if you and one of your cult members have been diagnosed <laughs> with mesothelioma. <laughs> Set you up with an 800 number. Okay, so Rock was second of seven siblings. That's too many damn kids. His parents were Hy- Hyacinth and Pirette. I almost said Purell. Um, <laughs> well, Pirette. we've been using a lot of that lately. Yes, so it's on the brain. They were conservative working class people and members of the Pilgrims of St. Michael, which is less like being a member of your typical church and more like a political movement with Catholicism as the foundation. At least that's what I got out of it. Kind of sounds like the beginnings of a cult. I mean, isn't that how it always starts as some political ideology, whether that's peace and love or the other extreme of overthrowing the government? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Their mission statement is to promote the development of a better world, a more Christian society through the diffusion and the implementation of the teachings of the Roman Catholic Church 
in every sector of society, especially the economic field. Yep, cult-like. Yep. Combine religion and economics, and you get cult. Mm-hmm. They were also known, I don't want to say, mm-hmm, and there's people out there like, that's my religion. I'm just like, mm-hmm, I'm, yeah, seems weird. <laughs> <laughs> they were also known as the White Berets. That is also a red flag. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, they wore White Berets when they were spreading, around, spreading the word around town about their church and handing out leaflets. Rock's parents would do this and drag Rock along for it, but Rock hated it, and he hated the Pilgrims of St. Michael. I mean, as far as uniforms go, a white beret, well, I mean, it kind of signals military, militant. Absolutely. But it's not the worst uniform you could get. It's just a beret. You get to wear, like, normal clothes. Like, I could style that. Yeah. I I don't know that I would want to, but... Can we have morbidly captivating berets? We can have a black beret, and we can put, like, a little skull on there with some purple (gasps) glitter, and... Uh, I want it. I think it could go with our shirts. I want that. I'll check it out on... Where are we? I forgot where we have our merch at, but... It's out there. I'll have to look it up and see if we can get a beret, because that might be cute. We're getting a little off topic. <laughs> Sorry. That. As an adult, Rock claimed his father was abusive, but of course his father denies those claims, and so do friends and family. Rock also claimed that his mom was actually his sister, but there's no proof of that either. As a kid, Rock was considered to be smart but he dropped out of school in the seventh grade to study the Old Testament of the Bible. At age 20, Rock married 17-year-old Francine Grenier. They moved to Montreal, and Francine gave birth to two sons, Rock Sylvain in 1969 and Francois in 1971. Okay, my French accent is terrible. I'm very much... Southern Kentucky. Francois. Francois. I'm so sorry if your name is Francois. Your name is beautiful. I just have a hard time pronouncing it correctly. Um, Rock worked as a chimney inspector and things were pretty normal. At least until Rock developed stomach ulcers. Rock had surgery done, but it didn't go well and it left him in constant pain. Then he turned to alcohol. It was at this point that Rock became infatuated with anatomy and medicine, although it won't really seem like that later. He would also continually complain that he was dying, which unfortunately for others wasn't true. Rock lost his job and his family moved back to Thetford Mines, where he took up woodworking. By 1976, Rock was frequently visiting Quebec City on the weekends. But he wasn't going to work like he wanted people to believe. He was traveling to have secret affairs and pick up women while his wife, Francine, stayed home taking care of the kids. Francine got sick of it and left Rock. Rock's woodworking business fell under and he went broke. Sometimes Rock would stay with Giselle, a woman he had an affair with, and sometimes he'd sleep in his car. But then, Rock discovers the Seventh-day Adventist church and things change. According to Wikipedia, the Seventh-day Adventist Church is a Protestant Christian denomination which is distinguished by its observance of the Sabbath on Saturday instead of the more common Sunday and its emphasis on imminent second coming or advent of Jesus Christ. Much of the ideology of the Seventh-day Adventist Church corresponds to common evangelical Christian teachings. Distinctive teachings include the unconscious state of the dead, which is the belief that death is a state of unconsciousness until the resurrection. The church is known for its emphasis on diet and health, including adhering to kosher food laws, advocating vegetarian... Uh Uh-huh. Can't say that word either, and it's not French. (laughs) Advocating being a vegetarian. (laughs) And its holistic understanding of the person. It was originally this health, healthy lifestyle that appealed to Rock. He quit drinking and met with a small group of local Adventists led by Pastor Pierre Zita in a motel. Pastor Zita would preach about the second coming of Christ and the importance of conservative living. 
Rock started selling Adventist literature door-to-door, and he was really good at it, which is kind of funny because he hated doing that as a kid with his parents, so maybe someone was just a brat. Well, he did have a lot of practice. It's amazing what you can do when you decide you want to. True. Pastor Zita noticed how good Rock was at doing the door-to-door religious work and decided to put him in charge of a program to help people stop smoking. And this is where Rock really starts to head down a morbid path. Rock lured together a small group of struggling young people, and dare I say naive, all under 25. The group was mostly made up of women who found Rock charming. It was 1977. The hippie movement was starting to fade out, but people were still trying to find themselves. Elvis died that year. The Beatles were already broken up. The original Woodstock Festival happened eight years before. And I also need to mention that the Manson family murders had already taken place. What about Jonestown? Jonestown hadn't happened yet, but it was about to. That's coming. Uh, Okay, so people weren't so weary of cults yet. I think at this point, a lot of people had the very crunchy... (laughs) <laughs> vanilla, vanilla granola, the be one with nature mindset. People were seeking out enlightenment by the way of a guru, which is all good and well, unless, of course, your guru is an abusive asshole with a god complex. Rock's group would meet at Giselle's apartment and they would listen to him give long sermons about the end of days. He convinced those in college to drop out and others to quit their jobs. That summer, the group took off on a retreat to a, to, lake, to a lake in Ontario, not Lake Ontario. While hiking alone, Rock claimed he received a message from God. God told him the land was a holy place and he should live there. So his group left the city and rented a two-story house. There, they opened the Healthy Living Clinic which was an alternative medicine shop. Rock had them wear uniforms, green tunics for women and beige tunics for the men. Rock was the only one who wore a dark brown tunic because, you know, he was special. And we're back to the uniforms. Sounds very handmaidish. Yeah. The moment your group you're in tells you, hey, you gotta wear a tunic, it's time to go. You are in a cult, and the cult has no fashion sense. I mean, brown. Ugh. Yeah. Mud. Who wants to wear the color of mud? Yeah. So, you know. Well, the boho style is kind of coming back. And that <laughs> not that cool. boho, though. But let's not go <laughs> cult brown tunics. Oh, yeah. Yuck. The clinic was surprisingly successful. It was making money and gaining the group <coughs> cult new members. <laughs> A few even joined and immediately sold all of their possessions to help fund the clinic. That's how you know it's a cult. When you give up all your stuff, go follow someone. Okay, the only people living in my van are going to be me and Kenny. We're not following (laughs) anyone else, okay? Anyway. You would be the cult leader for sure. Okay. (laughs) You might be right. (laughs) Actually, believe in science. Andrew ain't following nobody. Andrew is the cult leader. Okay, you you got me there. (laughs) Back to the story. Giselle and Rock got married on January 8th, 1978, because Giselle thought maybe this would keep her man from going astray. Because, I mean, yeah. That, that's how that works. It stopped absolutely nothing. Yep, that's all I can In March of the same year, 1978. Hey, I was born in March of 1978. Really? <laughs> the connection to this story. <laughs> I'm the cult leader. <laughs> I was born at the same time. Now I'll never forget your birthday. The month Andrea was born, a man named Claire became involved with the group. His wife, Geraldine, was suffering from leukemia and was receiving treatment in a hospital in Quebec. Rock didn't agree with how the hospital was treating Geraldine's leukemia, and although he knew absolutely jack shit about leukemia, he said they were giving her too many drugs. He convinced Claire to check her out of the hospital and put her in his clinic to undergo treatment. Rock would allow Geraldine's father to visit the clinic, he prescribed a treatment of grape juice and organic foods. Not surprisingly, Geraldine died in the clinic not long after. I'm shocked! 
shocked, I tell you. Yeah. I mean, who would have thought? Who grape saw juice that coming? Grape juice and cures leukemia? <laughs> I mean, they keep telling me on the YouTubes that grape juice is a cure for cancer, but, you know. Everyone's going to die. Right? Anyway, Rock told his followers she had she had momentarily come back to life by kissing her. However, and I quote, when God wants people, he takes them. It was Geraldine's time. So he had this magical snow white zombie kissing ability, but he couldn't even use it. But I don't understand the logic of this. So he's like, okay, God gives you the ability to kiss someone for a second and they come back, back to life. but it wasn't but the it time. So why did it even, what was the point? You what was know, the point, Rock? You have to know it's a cult when they start talking about the resurrection and they've got uniforms. <laughs> the Seventh-day Adventist. <laughs> I can't. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, y'all. We, we try to keep... need a better transition. I don't know. We're not good at that. We try dude. to keep it entertaining. It's hard. <laughs> Podcasting. We sound like idiots. You try sometimes. it. <laughs> no, don't. We gotta <laughs> listen to our show. <laughs> okay, so, <clears throat> what about the Seventh Day Adventist? What was our tagline? Well, that was a rabbit hole. Now, yeah, back to the story. Every five seconds. <laughs> we put that on a t shirt. The Seventh Day Adventists back in Quebec did not like what they were hearing about Rock and his little clinic. It's actually comforting that the Seventh-day Adventists aren't like this. It's just rock that's terrible. It's not the them. I'm right. Yeah, wasn't. we're not knocking any Seventh-day Adventists. Just the crazy cult just people. Just the crazy cult people. So, Pastor Zeta. Pastor Zeta. You know, it's his fault he started all this. I mean, he's the one that mentored. He didn't know it was going to go this far. <laughs> but I'm still going to blame damn him. Zeta. <laughs> Pastor Zeta met with the parents of Rock's followers to try to get them to take their children home. At least he realized his mistake yeah. and he tried to correct it. He even tried to convince Giselle to leave Rock, but she didn't. Rock was officially removed as a member of the Adventist church with the help of Pastor Zeta. As a result, Rock grew even more intense. He married his followers together, even though none of the couples he put together were interested in each other. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> weird. Like, I'm just gonna pull this random person to this random person. Like, do, you're do you married. like each other? Uh, I mean, not really. Okay, okay we're too bad. Here. Too bad. You're married. <laughs> After losing the connection he had with the Adventist Church, the clinic started to suffer. Since they were no longer a thriving business, Rock decided to move on from the clinic, and in July of 1978, he moved the group to the small village of Fleur Saint Laurent. Is that is that close? Really good. <laughs> I never had French in school. It's Spanish, and I'm not any better in Spanish than I'm French, but I gave it a go. Rock then shocked the group by telling them the world would end on February 17th, 1979. All right. Red flag number, what number are we on? Three, uh, four? That's too many. Now. I mean, when you, the end of the world's coming. Anyway, Rock said there would be boulder-sized hail, an earthquake, lightning storms, you know, the whole works. But everything was going to be fine because they were God's chosen ones. A few days after this big announcement... The group headed out on foot into Gaspi Peninsula to make their new, but temporary because the world was ending, home. Rock called the place Eternal Mountain and gave the followers new uniforms. <gasps> new uniforms! Hey, can you get rid of the shit brown uniforms? Can you imagine them? Like, you guys are getting new uniforms today. <laughs> They're dark blue. It's like when you work at McDonald's. <laughs> They switch the color on you. Yes! They're still ugly, y'all. It's still a tunic. What color did we get this time? Yeah, they're actually dark blue. They really were dark blue. Oh, I like yeah. blue. Blue's your color. Blue's, Navy's blue's your my color. favorite color. Okay. Could go for that. My cult, we will wear blue. Okay. <laughs> Next. But Rock treated them like slaves, so that kind of makes the tunic news just seem not as good. <laughs> 
I'm not in the Navy if I have to work. So oh, no, 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 no. In my cult, there will be no working. I don't know where we're getting any money. What is the one called the war? Like the Nike, the like black Nikes. That was pretty cool. <laughs> I could go for some Nikes. Reeboks are okay too. I don't mind this, the Birkenstocks. <laughs> you wear whatever shoes you want. <laughs> but you gotta be a slave. That's the catch. That's how they get you. So get money somehow. <laughs> so Rock would order them to work for 17 hour days. That's a long time. Yes. I'm not okay with that. They built a large cabin and dug a well. They weren't allowed much sleep, and Rock would ration their food. Any complaints were met with even smaller food rations. Okay, that's it. Yep. That's you take me. my food I'm away. Out. I'm out. I'm out. I'm a hungry girl. Uh-huh. I like to eat. I get real low blood sugar. I start shaking. <laughs> I can blame that. It's the salt. I need the salt. So, uh, so two members left. That would be me and you. Good for We're out. <laughs> One claimed her passport was going to run out. Okay. I'll go back to France. I can't speak French at all, but that's it. That's me. The other person, um, this literally just, he just left with nothing. But nothing is better than what they're, what's coming up next. When the cabin was finally completed, Rock called it a miracle, and it probably was. I mean, he had people who had no carpentry experience and were just going to... Throw together a cabin and, and dig like a well. Starving. I mean, if you're gonna rely on me to grow plants and feed us, we're in real trouble. I, I like people to cook for me. <laughs> like, See, I could do the. Op- I could probably cook and garden. You can build the cabin. Okay, that's fair. Like we got, the, we got this on lock. Blue uniforms. You got the plants down. Yeah, I can grow it if I can just stick it in the ground and it do its own thing. <laughs> if I have to work at it, it's probably gonna die. Like some of the people in this cult. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> that was a low blow. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> like some of the people in this cult. Like a sad <laughs> tomato. <laughs> like a poorly taken care of crop. What time I tried to grow watermelons? I'm trying to grow a pumpkin and a tiny I little I haven't tried pumpkins thing. yet, but I tried a watermelon and I had like two plants and one of them had great-looking watermelons on them. They were about the size of a golf ball. <laughs> and then it rained a lot all at once. And the next Ruined thing you it. know, they were split. And sometimes you can't sad. avoid that. Like yeah, I don't know. I was so looking forward to eating them when they got bigger, but no. I'm currently I'm trying to grow store. a pumpkin in a tiny little. We'll see how it works. Oh, there's a it's science like not that experiment big. for it's that like... that demonstrates. The... <laughs> I'm Wait, sorry, are we doing a podcast right now? I, <laughs> I forgot. All right. Anyway, <laughs> welcome to our vegetable podcast. <laughs> Rock's miracle. <laughs> he gave each member of the group a new biblical name. He called himself Moses, though most of the group called him Peppy, and they called Giselle Mammy. He then dissolved all the marriages within the group, except his own, of course. In true cult leader fashion, he married all the women, so he now had nine wives. Not nine lives. Well, maybe. But nine wives. However, he did not marry Maurice Grenier, who was only in the cult because her husband Jacques was a member. Okay, so there are a lot of things I would just do if my husband wanted to, like, eat pizza when I don't really like pizza, I watch a lot of stupid movies, and now we're into this kayak fishing thing. Whatever. I don't like to fish. But I'll let him watch his shows. But it does not include joining a cult. Yeah. Unless I'm the leader. <laughs> <laughs> we can do a lot of stuff, honey, and it's all right, you know. But but not a cult. John Lennon cult. Sorry. I'm a not marrying someone else just to... Because they wanted me to. I would not be a good cult member. <laughs> We've I'm established Questioning this. everything. Like, no. <laughs> Why do I gotta build the house? <laughs> I'm not building the house. Let me show you how. <laughs> well, what kind of counter is you gonna have in there? <laughs> I can't grow tomatoes. <laughs> you take away my food. 
<laughs> Why are you hitting that guy? I'm out. <laughs> All I need is a ball bat. Taking care of this. Knocking out rock. We're moving on. Okay, so at this point, <laughs> the Jonestown Massacre had taken place at this time. By now. And the news had begun to spread. And if you don't know of Jonestown and the cult leader Jim Jones, well, that's another insane cult story. A very popular one that involved mass suicides and murder. You can Google it. Maybe we'll cover it in an episode eventually. So due to this, police began watching Rock's group. To ease worries, Rock submitted himself to the police for a psychological evaluation, which he passed. Since the police had nothing to arrest him for, they couldn't do anything. I guess being a cult leader it must be stress- stressful, though, because Rock started drinking booze and eating cheeseburgers again. The group started to struggle financially, so Rock prostituted groups group member um, Gabrielle to a local grocer in order to supply them all with food. She had originally been admitted to the Healthy Living Clinic by her parents to undergo treatment from Rock for her multiple sclerosis. I'm wondering how this works. So, do you just go to Kroger and find the manager and be like, Hey, hey, you know, I need some food. Here's my friend. She'll sleep with you. Give me food. Give me them. I'll give you this girl for it. Oh, no, I died. For the radishes. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I need radishes. I need some kale. Rock would give long, drunken sermons, and if anyone fell asleep or even thought about complaining, he would beat them with a four-inch thick club or just punch them in the stomach. He once punched a pregnant member, breaking two of her ribs when she ate more than her share of pancake rations. He would make those who angered him stand naked outside in the sun, rain, or snow. You know, if they made me stand outside naked, it would not be punishment for me. It would be <laughs> So I'm not sure how this is going to work. But apparently the group really didn't care how terrible and hard life was because life would be over soon anyway, right? However, February 17th approaches world does not end. What the hell, Rock? I guess God meant February 17th on God time. And God time is different than human time, obviously, so I gotta recalculate and, and, you know, my bad, guys. That's actually what he said. Well, not word for word, but that's basically what he told them that he had to recalculate. My GPS likes to tell me frequently. (laughs) Recalculating. I would not take that for an answer. Oh, so. Oh, yeah, you just had to recalculate? Okay. We didn't know I wouldn't Yeah, God time? Yeah. Okay. All right. Most of the group members were like, oh, yeah, easy mistake. However, in April of 1979, one of the members left. Rock told the group the devil took him. When Maurice, the lady that did not want to be there in the first fucking place, talked to her husband about leaving, Rock ordered her husband to cut off one of her toes with an axe, and he did it. Holy shit. Now, there is no way. Absolutely no way that if I already didn't want to be involved with all this nonsense, that I would just let my husband cut off my flipping toe. No. Just no. Well, okay. Maybe if I had gangrene or something. Yeah, well, that's a legitimate reason, but... Like, if it was all black and shriveled up like Dumbledore's arm in the water, <laughs> fair. But, but a perfectly good thriving toe. I'm coming at you. <laughs> well, no, I'm probably just gonna run. You're gonna limp <laughs> I'm gonna come, you way I'm, back. <laughs> I'm out. I mean, I left way back when you stopped giving me food, so. So you're not even there at this point. Around this time, another mem- member's parents obtained a court order to remove their daughter from the commune to undergo a psychological evaluation. However, when the police showed up to rem- remove her, Rock denied them access. Four days later, the Quebec newspaper published an article titled, They are happy and free to leave if they wish, which included an interview with the guy the devil took. I think they should fire their investigative journalists because they didn't look very very good. They didn't look at all. Didn't do that story very well, did they? 
So police showed up at Eternal Mountain in a helicopter and arrested Rock for obstruction of justice. He was ordered to also take a psychological evaluation. But somehow, Rock passed his evaluation with flying colors. He actually convinced his testers that he had saved his followers from a life of drugs and alcohol. That they were deviants before he saved them. Rock was given a one-year suspended sentence for the obstruction of justice charge. During the trial, the media began printing stories of Rock portraying him as a victim of prejudgments. So remember Gabrielle, the girl with MS we mentioned earlier? Yeah. She falls into a coma and dies. Authorities take her body for autopsy and there is no evidence of foul play. So if you're keeping count, that's two deaths. I will not call them a tomato. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm so terrible. Gabrielle (laughs) and the woman, Geraldine, that died of leukemia. Those are two not produce. Not produce victims. And maybe she didn't die, but that one lady, Maurice, lost a toe. This group is turning violent. Things are getting bad. My cult would be happy. <laughs> so glad that you acknowledge that you would have a cult. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would not cut people's toes off. We all get ponies. <laughs> <laughs> we all get ponies. And cheesecake. That I want to join. <laughs> cool. For the cheesecake? Or, or both. <laughs> So in November of 1980, a man named Guy Veer made his way out to Eternal Mountain and joined the group after hearing about them in the media. So Veer suffered from depression, so I guess he thought the group could help him. But, you know, I don't know, man. Maybe try therapy or literally anything else. Literally. Anything Anything else. Except for this. Guy was allowed to join, but under certain conditions he had to stay in the storage shed that's weird and he was basically taken in as a slave and forced to chop wood as well as babysit the three children on the commune who were not fathered by rock and in my cult no one is a slave (laughs) that's great (laughs) i'm glad your cult is friendly I think this is a good point to say that there were 12 adults and 22 children in this commune. So that makes a total of 19 children rock fathered on the commune at this point. But there ends up being more. On March 23rd, 1980, Rock organized a large party for his two sons from his first marriage. Rock Jr., now 12, and the Francois, now 10, because they were coming to Eternal Mountain to live with him. Guy Vera was not invited to the party. Poor guy. Poor lady who had her toe cut off. (laughs) (laughs) That same night, Rock decided that Maurice and Jock's son, who was not one of Rock's kids, needed to be circumcised. That totally sounds like a drunk idea, but to the extreme. Like, I've drunkenly carved pumpkins on more than one occasion and that sounds dangerous right but i mean i did great but but this is a kid (laughs) we're talking about it's not a pumpkin i mean he's just got a blade and he's gonna have a go at his penis Mm -hmm. rock got out a blade and gave the infant alcohol by mouth um that also sounds like a great (laughs) idea let's give alcohol to a baby the next morning, baby Samuel was found dead, likely due Shocker. to alcohol poisoning. I mean, are we surprised no. at this point? But... Rock was concerned that if Samuel's body was buried, it may be dug up by animals and suggested cremation. The group agreed. Well, I have to say here, out of all Rock's ideas, that one's actually kind of smart if you don't want to get caught. And he's admitting to knowing that he was that's I feel like that's admitting they admitted to that you were wrong that he did it and yeah and it it wasn't God that that he screwed up yeah even though Rob never actually admits fault technically yeah I see where you're going with that yeah because if he was just crazy would he care if the baby was found you know I don't know maybe no I think I think that like out of all of his ideas they're all terrible yeah but 
this one at least is like a he, way to not get caught. get caught. Yeah. yeah. Like he's not a smart cult leader, but he was successful. So, well, if you call these dead members success, yeah. He's still got people to follow him. I don't understand it. So, 6 months later, in a drunken or maybe guilty state, Rock comes up with the idea that Guy Veer killed baby Samuel. Not him. Duh. Nobody likes Guy Veer anyway, right? So right. blame it on Guy. So Rock sets up a mock trial at the commune. Samuel's father, Jacques, was the judge. Veer was found not guilty by reason of insanity. So they decided to say he wasn't guilty, but not because they knew he wasn't guilty, because we all know that Rock did it. But he's not guilty because he's crazy. Rock was disappointed by this outcome, though. So he took Jock aside and suggested that Guy Veer be castrated. The group put it to vote. Four voted on the motion, while Jock and Maurice and Giselle voted against it. So Samuel, the baby's own parents, didn't want this to happen. Because they know he's not guilty. But then again, they're also okay voting to whack off his penis. Rock talked to Guy about how he should volunteer for castration because it would cure him of his masturbation habits. And not only that, but he would be promoted in the group. He could leave the shed. <laughs> he wouldn't have to be their slave anymore. He made, he then made Guy write a letter of consent and he signed it. Rock carried out the surgery, air quotes, on the kitchen table. Yeah. Rock sure has become obsessed with penises lately. Apparently so. Was that sign number five? It's, it's a lot, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What kind of uniforms are they wearing now? They, we're still, still on the, on we're the, still the blue, blue tunics. They're still on the blue. Mm-hmm. Ruined my color. <laughs> I gotta have purple. <laughs> Even though Guy Veer volunteered, volunteered for castration, he did not become the new cool guy in the cult like Rock hinted at. Actually, Rock now decided that Guy may be a risk of telling the authorities what was done to him. So Rock convinces the group to torture Guy. They almost cause him to bleed to death at one point. But right before it got too bad, Rock makes them stop. On November 5th, Guy leaves. He flees to a nearby town and spills the story of Samuel's death. Though he changes the story to say that Samuel was kicked by a horse. Guy's testimony was enough for police to raid the commune and make an arrest. Rock was charged with criminal negligence for Samuel's death and bodily harm with intent to mutilate for their work on Guy's castration. Other cult members were also charged for their part in the crimes, though they all pled not guilty. The children were put in foster homes throughout Canada. The cult members were all released from jail on the condition that they were to not return to Eternal Mountain, and Rock was sentenced to two years in prison at a detention center in Quebec, as well as three years of probation. During his prison sentence, the group moved to Quebec, renting four apartments that allowed them to be close to their leader. He was allowed conjugal visits and impregnated even more cult members. The police burned Eternal Mountain to the ground. And stalkers, that's the end of our story. <laughs> Just kidding! No, 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 homie. It, it keeps going and it gets much worse. I mean, as far as cults go, this one, this one takes the cake, I think. Rock is released from prison, as tends to happen a lot, in 1984, and the gang gets back together. They moved to Birch River in Victoria County, which is an English-speaking area, and Rock is the only one who can speak English. He's really good at isolating people. They build another cabin, they open a bakery, smokehouse, and a church. All in all, it's pretty—it's a pretty decent setup. Uh, for some damn reason, Nine-Toe Maurice comes back, too. After losing her toe and her son? Yeah. Let it be crazy. Yeah, yes. Well, her husband Jock is still into it, so I guess whatever he's no, into, no, 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 she no. just. I'm sorry, on. I'm I'm out, and I would give up. Well, that's why I'm not in a cult. <laughs> <laughs> Kenny, you can stay with the cult. I'm fine. I'm out. 
So, you know how Rock has many wives? Mm-hmm. Well, now he's decided to rank his wives like some high school level pettiness. And guess who is He encourages Jock to beat her. He makes her sleep in the shed. And he convinces the group that her birthmark is the mark of Satan. Well, she's a regular guy of ear. She's sleeping in I the mean, shed. Somebody had to take his place, I guess. <laughs> to make money, the group shoplifts. But they get caught and banned from stores. So now that they can't make money that way, they start baking pastries to sell on the side of the road. This is where the name Ant Hill Kids comes in. Rock says they would work hard like little ants. And the, and the kid part is because they called him Pappy. So they're like his children. Yeah. Rock continues continues the abuse, punching and whipping and just generally beating the shit out of members for just any old reason. Sometimes he would use a hammer and then fake cry, saying it was God making him beat the absolute dog shit out of them. And then they would actually feel bad for Rock and write him letters of apology. That's some next level brainwashing. Though I, I kind of get it. Well, no, no, I don't, but... Kind of. Like, Stop you've given syndrome. all your stuff up, and you live with this person, these people, and you make your money there. You have no other skills. You are under and you're stuck. the you absolute You feel like you worst. have nowhere to go, and you can't afford to leave, and... Okay, fine. Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. In January of 1985, member Gabrielle puts her five-month-old baby in a wheelbarrow outside in below zero temperatures. Shockingly, the child froze to death. Rock didn't like this baby. He said it had the mark of the devil, which is, you know, apparently something he says when anybody doesn't like. And he would often hit the child. Gabrielle thought of it as a mercy killing. So, second dead baby. And the fourth death overall. And the cut-off toe. Oh, let's not forget the castration. Mm -hmm. Let me guess. They said that the baby died of SIDS, so naturally he gets away with it. Well, yep, of course. That's that's how this works. Eventually, Maurice, the woman who lost the toe and her baby, has finally had it. Finally. Rock agrees to let her go if she leaves behind her older daughter for his next wife. She pretends to agree, but immediately goes to authorities who raid the place. You know, to be so smart... Rock really is stupid. I'm not sure why they considered him so smart unless it was more that he was charming and could get away with things. Well, he did manage to talk quite a few people into following him mm-hmm. under some really crazy circumstances. On the note of how charming Rock could be, the kids were removed from the cult to testify that Rock physically and sexually abused them. They also said he would do bizarre things like sacrifice animals in front of them and covering himself in their blood. For the third time, Rock undergoes a psych evaluation and passes it again. Very manipulative. He manages to convince authorities that the kids were the ones lying. What the hell? But the court does not buy this bullshit and still thank takes God. the kids away. Thank God. I mean, foster care can be rough, but anything would be better in this case. Now, Rock is enraged. He breaks Jock's ribs with the dull side of an axe. Was it the same one he cut off Maurice's toe with? Probably. (laughs) Just flip it over. (laughs) (laughs) He burns several women with a blowtorch on their vaginas. Oh my gosh, I'm cringing. Ow. He beats one woman so bad she has a miscarriage, and to punish her for her miscarriage, he shoots her in the shoulder. This guy is insanely violent, and yet his cult members still choose to follow him. He slices another cult member's arm with a piece of glass, pulls out 11 of his teeth, then he has one of the wives break his legs with a sledgehammer. And as if that wasn't bad enough, he wraps his balls with a rubber band, castrating him. The wound was cauterized with an iron. Rock then decided he wants to just kill him. But the members vote not to, so they let him live. 
I don't know. That might have been a mercy killing. <laughs> yeah. Really. might have been much less pain. I genuinely do not understand how anyone can stay in this situation. I guess maybe because I've never been in an abusive situation, but this is outrageous. Blow torches on a vagina. This is like your wife breaking your legs with a sledgehammer. I mean, this is some next level shit. This is some like I can, violence you see in the movies. Like this is it is. It's like a yeah. bad movie. I mean, I can only assume that they are so terrified of rock that they're just afraid to leave. I'm gonna name some of the dehumanizing things that Rock did to his members, just so you can get the full impact of how terrible it really was. As if what you've heard already wasn't enough. Rock would hold naked wrestling matches between the women. Sometimes he would put a male in the middle of a circle and tell the women to kick him. Other times he would piss on the members, force them to smear poop on each other, and then lick each other's butts. So the most like dehumanizing things, disgusting you could do. things to make you humiliated. And embarrassed to go back to your families because if someone told, you would be so afraid and so much guilt mm-hmm. of what happened that you don't fit in. You're just in a normal place anymore, and so the only place left for you is to stay is with there. the cult. It's sickening. On one occasion, Rock threw a hunting knife into Giselle's leg, causing a deep cut in her thigh. In her thigh. When it clotted, he filled the wound with olive oil, salt, and spruce gum in a misguided attempt to prevent infection. I somehow don't think he was trying to prevent infection. He was just... Rubbing salt in a wound. I mean, Ow. Yeah. In the fall of 1988, group member Solange gets sick. Rock diagnoses her with a kidney illness. He gives her an enema of molasses, oil, and water. Cuts her open, reaches into her stomach, and tries to pull the infection out with his hand. She obviously dies because he has no idea what he's doing. Death number five. He gets upset over this and tries to kill himself, but it didn't work. Didn't try that hard. I mean, I think he was only upset that it didn't work, not because she died. I don't think he tried that hard to kill himself because he's pretty successful at killing other people. Uh-huh. He clearly knows how to do it. He's just a messed up motherfucker. Yeah, Rock is really off his rocker again. <laughs> <laughs> bad, 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 bad joke. joke. <laughs> at this point, Rock is clearly losing his mind. He has another vision. And in this vision, Solange is still alive. Alive inside of him. So the group digs up her body, then he drills a hole in her skull and ejaculates into the hole in her rotting skull. Oh, skeet, 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 motherfucker. Oh, skeet, skeet. <laughs> Sorry, I'd have to it always lighten this up. To ejaculation. He's obsessed with penises and sex and blood and gore. He's just messed He's up. Just fucked. So then Rock reburies her. And waits for her to come back to life, because that, that's a thing now. But he waited a long-ass time, because we all knew that wasn't going to happen. Finally giving up, he begins to walk back to the compound. It was then he heard something. Muffled music. Gradually getting louder. A crescendo, if you will. Coming from the grave. This is Okay, so sorry I had to make that very poor joke. <laughs> Just had to lighten the mood a little. Okay, nothing happens. It didn't work. Wouldn't it be crazy <laughs> if it did, though? <laughs> if it did, this would be a whole different it's episode. Whole story. <sighs> okay, so we had to lighten the mood a little bit. We aren't done with rock just yet. Gabrielle's finger had been aching, and for some stupid reason, she decides to tell him. So, of course, he decides to stab a knife through her hand, and he also stabs her halfway between her elbow and her shoulder, only stopping because it hit bone. Gabrielle runs away to a woman's shelter, and but promptly returns. What? I mean... I truly don't understand. Girl, you are out! Keep she running! 
It's like in the horror movie when they get away, but she came back. They just, they always come back. So when she returns, Rock decides to go ahead and just cut the entire arm off. She escapes again for the second time and goes to a hospital where she tries to say she was in a car accident. They were like, uh, no girl, no you weren't. Finally, she confesses. Police raid the compound and the cult members flee, including Rock. On October 6th, 1989, police finally catch Brock. After everything he did, he was only sentenced to 12 years in prison. But then, the judge reduced the sentence to 10 years because he showed genuine remorse. Are you kidding me? I mean, this guy is clearly a real piece of work. But some of the fault lies in the justice system. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Three of his wives are... are we're actually still waiting on him to get out of prison and move closer to him so they could be near him. He would have been released in 2014, but he was stabbed to death by another inmate. I generally don't advocate murder, but in this case, I think it's safe to say that inmate did the world a favor. This is the real ending. And that's it for the Ant Hill Kids Cult. The real ending. I feel so bad for the people involved, but that was a great story. I feel like we really glazed over the coming in the skull part, but... (laughs) I feel like there was a lot of morbid graphic violence we kind of glazed over. This was just a really long episode. There's so much, and we can't express how creepy and violent this guy was. And although we were really talking mad shit about the cult members... You know, I don't want to victim blame, even though, you know. Not at all. This is a true crime comedy podcast. Yeah. We genuinely feel bad for all of the victims. Even if they originally chose to be there, nobody signs up for castration. Yeah. Nobody stays in a situation like that for fun. Yes, absolutely. I mean, they were completely 100% victims of this creepo, wacko psycho killer and if you ever need to seek help for depression or finding yourself or something like that maybe try therapy maybe try medication like there's other things console yourself with food i don't think this rock is gonna take it away i don't think you're ever gonna find yourself in another person that 100 percent. not even just not a cold you're not gonna find yourself in another person that's exactly right oh wow that's it We'll see you back next time.